Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. Is there finally a break in the case in the murders of two little girls, Abigail and Liberty, commonly known as the Delphi murders? In the last hours, seemingly, there is a brand new wrinkle in the evidence. Take a listen to Max Lewis, Fox 59, Hour Cut 7. I think it's another piece of the puzzle. You know what I mean? I truly do. Libby's grandfather, Mike Patty, says he's cautiously optimistic that the information Indiana State Police are looking for may be just what investigators need to find his granddaughter's killer. Not very often they police come out and ask for the public's help. Well, here's a place where somebody can step up and really help. ISP said on Monday they're looking for people who had contact with a social media account going by Anthony Schatz. Investigators have refused to say how or if it's connected to the Delphi murders. However, we've learned 27-year-old Keegan Klein was arrested shortly after the 2017 murders in connection to the fake account. He has not been officially linked to the case. Regardless, Mike Patty wants people to focus on what the police are actually looking for. They're still seeking information on anybody who's made contact with that account, you know, through any social media platform. What does social media have to do with the murders of two beautiful little girls, 13-year-old Abby, 14-year-old Libby, in a very rural area, Delphi? What does this guy have to do with anything? Social media, his name, Anthony Klein, 27 years old. Well, take a listen to our Cut six, our friend Russ McQuaid, Fox 59. A neighbor told me federal agents and local police visited just a couple weeks ago looking for information about this man, 27-year-old Keegan Anthony Klein and his father. And they asked me a few questions. That whole parking lot was full. There was at least 12, 12 cars there, unmarked vehicles. They were all trucks and SUVs. Um, they went in his house and they took his dog. According to this probable cause affidavit, state police detectives and FBI agents first went looking for the man who made the social media post titled Anthony Shots. The post included fake photos, not of himself, and the user allegedly asked young girls for nude photos and offered to meet them. This happened just 12 days after Abigail Williams and Liberty German were found dead in a wooded area of Delphi in Carroll County in February of 2017. Court records quote Klein is telling investigators that he created the Anthony Schatz profile and quote he received approximately 100 sexual pictures from underage girls. The Delphi investigators have not tied Klein to the murders of Abby and Libby and have not answered why they are releasing this information now. I've looked at the photo uh, that this guy, 27-year-old Anthony Klein, purportedly put out there to catfish little girls. That means you're pretending to be one thing to get attention or to get money or to make contact, and you're not that thing. This photo kind of looks like a really young Justin Bieber. Did it kind of look like a young Justin Bieber to you? Like maybe 13, 14-year-old boy, when in fact, uh, he's anything but that. He looks the complete opposite of that. Um, How does this have anything to do with Abby and Liberty? I'm Nancy Grace. This is Crime Stories. Thank you for being with us here at Fox Nation and Sirius XM 111. All-star panel to make sense of it today. Wendy Patrick joining us, California prosecutor, author of Red Flags on Amazon, host of Today with Dr. Wendy on KCBQ, Dr. Bethany Marshall. 
psychoanalyst to the stars joining us out of LA at drbethanymarshall.com star of a new Netflix hit bling empire professor forensics Jacksonville State University author of blood beneath my feet on Amazon and star of a hit series body bags with Joe Scott Morgan on iHeart but first to Max Lewis you just heard his voice reporting it. Uh, he's our friend from Fox 59 in Indianapolis Max Lewis thank you for being with us I'm I'm impressed with the investigation, and I am struck with the possibility that Abby and Liberty may have been catfished, so to speak, by this guy, Anthony Klein. And no, he's not been named a suspect or a POI person of interest in this case. But I can tell you this. All right. You don't have to be a felony prosecutor like I was to know when you've got 12 unmarked cars full of feds. And your front yard, you got a problem, Max Lewis. I mean, a big one. So what's happening? (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, obviously, like you said, ISP has not tied him to their murders, uh, the murders of Abby and Libby. But just a couple of weeks before they release this new information, um, you know, like that neighbor that uh, my colleague Russ spoke with, you know, they Mm -hmm. had cars, they had uh, were carrying out, um, you know, sort of evidence they had. Uh, wait, 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 wait. His, carrying out evidence. Go ahead. Yeah, they were, you know, they removed, it wasn't a whole lot of stuff, but they did remove uh, some things from the house, including his dog. And that was sort of the really peculiar, peculiar uh, thing. You know, what, what does that have to do um, with any of this was maybe that dog, um, you know, on the trail that day. Again, he has not been tied to this case. We don't know what connection that dog is, but, you know, that's some of the speculation that we have been seeing online, been hearing. Um, and so it begs a lot of questions. What, what, what connection does that have to this case? Take a listen to our cut three. This is uh, our friends at NBC News. On February 25th, 2017, Indiana State Police, the FBI, and Peru Police served a search warrant at a house in Peru where Klein was living with his father. That's 11 days after the bodies of Abby Williams and Libby German were found about 37 miles away in Delphi. Investigators confiscated a half dozen phones and electronic devices. Klein admitted in court documents to using the Anthony Schatz profile to communicate with underage girls and ask for sexual images. So I guess the thinking is to Dr. Dr. Bethany Marshall that a young girl, 13, 14-year-old girl like Liberty or Abby would be more likely to meet up with somebody that's a Justin Bieber lookalike, like a 14-year-old Justin Bieber, um, as opposed to (laughs) what this guy really looks like. And I'm certainly not oh judging gosh, anybody's Nancy. appearance, but uh, the the 27 year old Anthony Klein looks a lot different from Justin Bieber. Okay, go ahead. You know this, this the picture that he used to catfish. I'm I'm not laughing because it's really funny. I think it's that the contrast is so startling. This picture is a young police officer. He has a tattoo um, on one side of his chest. He looks like a young, maybe like a Dean Martin, like a part of the Rat Pack. Whoa, um, wait, what? Leaning forward. Wait, are you talking so, about the kid picture? Yeah, the kid picture. Like, it looks like, nothing what, like Dean Martin. Why are you saying he looks like <laughs> Dean Martin? 
No, no. I'm saying like a youthful, like a like what what are these these superstars would have looked like okay. when they were 13 or 14 years old. Okay, you made a better Dr. reference. Bethany, You're right, Nancy. I'd like you to Justin introduce Bieber. you. I'd like to introduce you to our friend. It's called 2021. Okay. Yeah. Nobody <laughs> knows what Dean Martin looks like as a youth, as you say. It's a 14. You know what? Look at the picture, Max Lewis. Describe it. And, yeah. and I mean, compared to what Dean Martin Bethany dig deeper for Pete's sake. <laughs> um, compared to what Anthony Klein looks like, what kid, what girl is going to send a picture of herself to Anthony Klein or meet up with him? Nobody, no thirteen-year-old girl is going to meet up with this guy unless he pretends to be that guy. Yeah, that's right. And, you know, the pictures that this guy used, uh, I, like you said, I like that comparison. I mean, he looks like uh, like a Justin Bieber kind of looking guy that uh, would be appealing to, to, to some young girls, obviously. And so those are the pictures he used. Uh, I've seen reports. He apparently this is of a, a police officer, actually, who's a part time model in Alaska. And, uh, you know, this poor guy sort of got wrapped up into all of this just because uh, this uh, Keegan Klein guy decided to use his pictures in this. So feel bad for him. But, um, you know, those pictures hey, definitely whoa, whoa. grab wait, your wait, attention. Wait, I assume you've looked at the picture. Don't feel too bad for him. He's got a lot going on right there. Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. On February 25, 2017, Indiana State Police, the FBI, and Peru Police served a search warrant at a house in Peru where Klein was living with his father. That's 11 days after the bodies of Abby Williams and Libby German were found about 37 miles away in Delphi. Investigators confiscated a half dozen phones and electronic devices. Klein admitted in court documents to using the Anthony Schatz profile to communicate with underage girls and mm-hmm. ask for sexual images. So Max Lewis joining me, uh, investigative reporter with Fox 59, joining us out of Indianapolis. Max, that reporting we just heard from NBC, that's February 25th, 2017. And that is when Klein was first busted for catfishing. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. I mean, it was just a little more than a week after Abby and Libby were murdered and the police showed up at his house. Um, They confiscated a whole lot of phones. Uh, He had several devices on him, um, according to the court Mm -hmm. documents. And, you know, they contained some of them didn't contain images, sexual images of uh, girls. Some of them they weren't able to necessarily peg their ages, but they uh, took a whole lot of these phones. He was uh, questioned about it, um, but he wasn't just arrested uh, for this until August of last year. And now this information coming out um, that he's, you know, with the Delphi investigators looking into him as well. It's sort of a big old uh, mystery, and, and nobody really knows why, and, and the Indiana State Police aren't saying why at this point. Take a listen to our cut nine. Listen. 13 News talked to the man whose photos were used in that child exploitation case that involved Keegan Klein. Now, Klein is the guy that state police say is behind the Anthony Schott social media profile. Detectives in the Delphi murders investigation say that profile caught their attention. 
Now, he also works as a model, and we're not releasing his name to protect his identity, but he told us that he didn't know that his photos were stolen and that his images were the ones being used to catfish young girls. He also works as a police officer and told us, quote, it's frustrating as a police officer knowing that my photo was used for so many heinous crimes and continues to be used as such. He goes on to say, I feel incredibly helpless. I'd love to be there when they find this guy so I can throw the cuffs on him myself. Now, as for Keegan Klein, he right now is in the Miami County Jail and he's charged with crimes against children. He has not been identified as a suspect or as a person of interest in the Delphi case. But Indiana State Police want to talk to anyone who may have interacted with that fake Anthony Schatz profile. What exactly is catfishing? To Wendy Patrick, California prosecutor, author of Red Flags, weigh in. Yeah, you know, Nancy, modern criminals use the Internet to lure innocent victims, but they have to find the right bait catfishing schemes where you pretend to be someone to get something. Uh, For example, you pretend to be somebody needing help to get money, to get assistance. You pretend to be somebody attractive like Anthony Schatz to lure young girls to send you nude photographs. These schemes take a lot of time and effort, and you wonder whether some of that equipment, the phones, the devices that were confiscated from the home, what more did they contain that might lead us to know a little bit more about why this man is in custody? And it would not be the first time a young girl has been, quote, catfished. Take a listen to our cut C11. Uh, This is Sarah Blake Morgan, WBTV, talking about a little girl named Haley. Ailey's father, Anthony Burns, says his 16-year-old vanished from her bedroom Sunday night. My wife opened the door, and she was not there. She left a diary behind that Anthony says detailed a plan to run away with a 32-year-old she met online. He gradually wormed his way into her good graces. He coerced her to... uh, Start listening to him and not following our directions. Burns says Haley has Asperger's and they've had behavioral issues with her before. That is why he says they did everything to make sure this wouldn't happen, but it did. We had tried to eliminate all social media for her at home, telephones, computers, etc. And she still found ways around it. She would use friends' smartphones or the school library computers. Police are investigating, but Burns says they don't have any real leads on the man he believes took his daughter. There's no telling who he is. He might not be 32. He could be 55 and running a, a, a human trafficking organization. There's no telling. Oh, and it's not just young girls, little girls like Abby or Liberty, ages 13 and 14, that can be catfished. Take a listen to Diane Stanish, our cut 15, and Mike Holfield, News 6, Orlando. I never thought I could fall in love with somebody over the telephone, but for some reason, it just he just he just said the right things to me. That's right. They've never met. Hi, Diane. How you doing? Diane Standish fell in love with a voice. Thank you. Bye. Photographs and texts all adding up to a lie. And it sounds like he set you up. Yep. She has a paper trail of bank records, cash withdrawals from her personal accounts, and bank deposits to Wells Fargo and other banks. Ironically, he even sent her an IOU. He could be anybody, anywhere. I have no clue. Girls as young as 12 catfished online. Take a listen to our cut 10. 
The feds say the two met online when the girl was only 12, and prosecutors say this sheriff deputy would manipulate and threaten her all the way from Texas. A Texas sheriff deputy accused of cyber-stalking a Worcester County teenager through the popular video game Minecraft. According to the 13-page indictment unsealed Wednesday, the 25-year-old deputy would refer to himself as Gino and Daddy and the minor as Baby Girl. Prosecutors say the two met online back in 2014 when the victim was 12. Over the years, authorities say the girl sent him hundreds of explicit photos of herself. She's now 17 and reported to police this past spring. She believed the Texas deputy was tracking her movements via social media. And he was allegedly threatening to publish her explicit photos or rape her sister if she didn't continue to send him nude pictures. You were hearing our friends at WHDH7. That was Eric Kane. So to you, Max Lewis, I want to get back to the case at hand, the case in chief, the murders of 13 and 14 year old Liberty and Abby. Did I hear you say that the feds were carrying out evidence and even took this guy, 27-year-old Anthony Klein's dog? Yeah, just a couple of uh, not, just a couple of weeks ago, they showed up at his house in Peru, which is just about 30 miles from where uh, from Delphi up in northern Indiana. Um, the, we spoke to a neighbor who said that there were just uh, cars filling the street uh, where this guy lives with his dad. They were looking for information on him, and they ended up taking his dog. Um, no idea why that was or why they uh, why they need his dog. Well, um, I've got an idea, to- Max Lewis. Uh, something to do with dog hair Uh, with me professor forensics jacksonville state university author of blood beneath my feet on amazon you can hear him yourself on body bags with joseph scott morgan joe scott what do you think hey you know back all the way back on the 17th of february of of, uh, 2017 do you remember what they said nancy they said that we had recovered we being the state police they released it and we were very excited about this i remember they said they had recovered dna that they thought was tied back to the perpetrator from the bodies you know and and so this is eight days prior to the initial contact with this fellow over in peru and i'm wondering what the sourcing of this DNA is. I don't necessarily think that it means that the dog was physically present at the scene, that that's what they're thinking about. But let's just entertain me for a second. If you're indwelling a home with an animal, uh, you're going to contact their hair. Uh, you know, your, your dogs, you can look down at your pants sometimes probably and you wear dark clothes. You'll see that you have these hairs. Well, what if he transferred hair from himself to the bodies and at the morgue, one of the things that we do is something called tape lifting. And it's when we take a, it, it look, it's clear tape. It, it kind of looks like it's the width of like standard duct tape. Mm-hmm. And we actually apply the tape all over the body in various sections. And we lift up everything that we can microscopically before we ever touch the body in any other manner. So if they got a hit on some kind of odd hair that was there, they're going to want to compare that hair you know, relative to what they recovered off the body with something like a canine, you know, because canines and felines and us, our hairs are all very distinctive at a microscopic level. And they do, in fact, contain DNA as well, dependent upon the uh, the viability of the hair itself. Nancy. So what do you think forensically were in all the bags that they were taking mm. out of the home? Yeah, I think it's probably going to be, you know, obviously, you know, Max had mentioned electronic devices, but you also have to think about clothing. 
other contact that may have been there. And Nancy, here's, I, I, I even hate to say this. Uh, if, say this guy's a, if this guy's a trophy taker, God only knows what he may have in that house. Because I can tell you something about predators. These guys network just like they share just like they share images around, they like to retain things as well. And they'll share those as well. They might even share photos of items that they've taken from individuals. And, you know, we can go anywhere we want to with that forensically. And that's what they're trying to recover. And listen, they might only get one bite at the apple with this. Who knows? You know, once once the feds have kind of stuck their head up on this thing, they might, the individual that occupies this location might take everything and destroy it. So you're going to walk out. I've walked out of scenes before. I, I remember one night in particular, we walked out with over 300 bags of evidence from the scene. So yeah, they're, 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 they're swinging for the fence. Nancy. Crime stories with Nancy Grace. T. Max Lewis, a reporter joining us from Fox 59 in Indianapolis. I've seen killers take driver's licenses of victims, their jewelry, not to hawk it, not to resell it, but to keep it and look at it. And they relive the incident. It's like I take I keep ticket stubs um, or Broadway show uh, pamphlets, just all, all sorts of things. That's what he's talking about. Trophies. Do we know, Max Lewis, of anything that was missing from Liberty, Libby, or Abby, like a shirt, a necklace, a bracelet, a hat, anything? You know, Indiana State Police have been so tight-lipped about this, uh, you know, investigation and the way uh, in which the bodies were found. They haven't even released how these girls were murdered. They haven't even given a cause of death in this almost five years since these murders happened. So they have been so tight-lipped about this. I did want to sort of jump in on on what uh, your previous guest was saying, Mm -hmm. because the phones that they took out um, of this guy's house shortly after the murders, there were some that had been factory reset. Um, You know, data had been wiped from some of these phones after their initial search. And this uh, Keegan Klein guy eventually turned them into police. But these phones, some of the phones had been wiped of all their data. They, I believe, have been able, uh, according to these court documents, have been able to get some data off of. But it's interesting because there may be some data missing from that that could be really important to this investigation. You're absolutely correct. Take a listen to our cut four from NBC. Court records say they found hundreds of sexually explicit photos and videos on the devices, many from locations across Indiana, including Indianapolis, Kokomo, and Bunker Hill. But court documents also say that Klein factory reset one phone two days before police arrived and deleted the internet history and social media apps from another phone before turning it over to police two days after he was interviewed. Klein was not charged until August 19, 2020. He faces 30 felony counts from 2016 and 17 for possession of child pornography, child exploitation, obstruction of justice, and synthetic identity deception. Synthetic identity deception. I think that means catfishing when you pretend to be one thing online and social media and you're something very, very different. So, wow, Dr. Bethany, they found hundreds of sexually explicit photos and videos on these devices in multiple locations. And this is 
after he factory reset. So if he tried to delete damning material, but he left all that, what was so damning that he deleted it? Worse than child porn? Nancy, who knows? Maybe he's a serial killer. I mean, he lives with his father. I would doubt he has a day job. His whole life is wrapped around this this perversion, this compulsion to lure in young girls. You know, we only, we probably just have the tip of the iceberg here. And we're thinking about this in terms of the Delphi murders, but this guy, Klein, could be connected to a whole pedophile ring. And I know that that term sounds trite, like, oh, pedophile rings. We hear about it on the news. But think about it. If he has such a huge huge cache of photos, Mm -hmm. what's retained as well as what he's wiped, maybe he didn't get all of those on his own. Maybe he's sharing them with other pedophiles. So if he's such a prolific gatherer of all of these photos, he's getting them from other perps. So how many others are standing behind him? No wonder they came screeching up to his front door. So many years later, there could be other murders in the area. There could be other girls that are being lured, other families that he's talking to. I mean, this is just a little drop in a huge reservoir. I'm just thinking through what you're saying. Back to you, Max Lewis, the Mm -hmm. timing, the timing of finding him go through that again starting with the deaths the disappearances of libby and abby yeah so the deaths happen in about mid-february of 2017 then uh you know a little less than two weeks later they show up at this keegan klein guy's house um and and confiscate these phones and remember just like that report had said just a couple days before he had factory reset one of those phones and so they had all that information that they uh, you know, took from his house. And then he was charged actually in August of last year with these, you know, litany of felonies. Um, and now just uh, this past week, Indiana State Police say, hey, we're looking into this uh, account that um, this guy ran in connection to, not in connection to, I should say, but, you know, in relation to the Delphi murders, the Delphi investigators are looking into this um, account. And so it's, you know, it's left to wonder, well, what connection does he have? How long have they known about this uh, possible connection, if any? And what about the guy that was posing? Take a listen to our cut five. Troopers say that someone created an account named Anthony Schatz and used pictures of a known male model to attempt to catfish young women. These are some of the pictures used in that profile. The man portrayed in these pictures is not a person of interest. These are simply the pictures that the person behind the account posted. But police want to know if any of these pictures look familiar to you still. Police aren't saying exactly how this account could be linked to the Delphi murders, but they're looking for more information from you all the same. The fictitious Anthony Schatz profile used images of a known male model and portrayed himself as being extremely wealthy and owning numerous sports cars. The creator of the fictitious profile used this information while communicating with juvenile females to solicit nude images, obtain their address, and attempt to meet with them. Police have just revealed that a catfish account created by a suspected pedophile may be connected to the disappearance and deaths of two gorgeous young Delphi girls, 13 and 14-year-old Liberty and Abigail. 
Right now, police are desperately searching for anyone connected to this account, uh, an account created by the suspected pedophile, a fake account using images of an innocent male model to lure young girls. To Max Lewis joining us from Fox 59, from my understanding, what Klein, 27-year-old Anthony Klein, was doing was not just getting young girls to send him nude photos of themselves, but to actually meet up with him. Is that correct? Yeah, that's what Indiana State Police told us. They said he used this account not only, like you said, to, to solicit nude images and to connect with these young girls, but in some cases, try and meet up with them. Um, so that would probably mean in that area around Peru where he lives, again, Delphi is only 30 miles uh, from there. So he was attempting, according to the Indiana State Police, he was attempting to meet up with girls in the area as well as, you know, get sexually explicit images of them. It would not be the first time a child has been lured online. Take a listen to our cut 12. This is from ABC4. It's Ann Emerson speaking. An 11-year-old driver on a three-hour trip pulls over randomly into a restaurant parking lot early Monday morning. A police cruiser is there. And he needed help. And Officer Braun was in the right place at the right time. And that's possibly what saved this young man's life, says Charleston Police Chief Luther Reynolds. Well, to find out why he was in Charleston, where he was from, where he was supposed to be. An officer on night duty. The 11-year-old pulls in. Within a minute, the officer gets out to investigate. The boy shakes hands with the officer. Within 23 minutes from the initial meeting, the child gets into the cruiser. The boy told police he was from Simpsonville. He said he took his brother's car and drove 200 miles to meet a man from Snapchat. He said he was going to live with him. Joe Scott Morgan, you and I covered that case together. An 11-year-old child has driven hours and hours through the night to meet up with some, unbeknownst to the child, some perv. And he happens to pull into a fast food restaurant and a cop was sitting there. A cop, an off-duty cop was sitting there, sees a car drive by, and there's like this little bitty head in it. You can hardly see anybody driving. So the cop goes over. It's an 11-year-old little boy who has been tricked online by a perv. It's just like shooting a fish in a barrel for these these pervs online. Yeah, no kidding. This little boy had an angel on his shoulder when that happened. Uh, you know what are the you know and God only knows what could have happened to this poor kid. You know had they not been there and interdicted the situation. But these people are everywhere, uh, Nancy. These predators are like this. And uh, going back to what Dr. Bethany had said uh, about the networking involved in this, mm-hmm. it's so widespread, Nancy. It is, I hate to use the word epidemic because it's thrown around a lot. But in this particular case, uh, the network, the internet has sped this up mm-hmm. exponentially almost, that it's almost like a wildfire. It extends out so far. And these people share images. Nancy, they even share these these victims with one another many times. But this is this is the key here, I think. The person that we've been talking about, I suspect that they have taken a DNA sample from this individual. And I, I I'm I'm curious. I'm curious if we have any kind of match from the scene, from the from the evidence, uh from uh Abby and Libby scene, because they said that they had DNA out there. And I'm really wondering, and also if this DNA that they recovered at the scene 
and they put this into the national database. Have they gotten any hits on this? Have they not moved on it yet? So I'm wondering, is this is this something where prosecutors are kind of holding back, investing their cards here? Or is this something where they're just coming up with a big fat zero? At well, it's been now. five years. I'd hate to think they're holding back yeah, anything. Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. These people, these pedophiles and pervs that are seeking out children online, making it easier and easier to victimize a child, will go to any lengths to get their hands on a child to actually meet up. Take a listen to our cut 13 from our friends at WISN 12. Tommy Lee Jenkins' first conviction on child sex charges was in 2011. Now he's charged in a new investigation. Documents show Jenkins used Facebook to communicate with someone he thought was 14. It was actually an undercover deputy who asked, do you care I'm 14 and drink? Jenkins' reply, according to the records, no. Prosecutors claim Jenkins initiated the topic of sex and wanted the undercover to send a picture with no shirt, no pants, asking, when you get here, would you like to have sex with me? The undercover responded, yes. And Jenkins allegedly told the undercover he planned to walk nearly 400 miles from Whitestown, Indiana to Nina, Wisconsin to meet for sex. On the way, prosecutors claim Jenkins documented the trip with selfies and pictures of exit signs. And on Thursday, records show Jenkins told the undercover he made it to Wisconsin and wanted to have 500 kids before we are with God. Instead, Jenkins found investigators waiting to take him back to jail. Okay, I just got to let that soak in for a moment. This guy walks from Indiana. What is happening in Indiana? From Indiana to Wisconsin, 350 miles he walks to have sex with a 14-year-old girl and have, quote, his words, not mine, 500 babies. Nancy, can I jump in about that? (laughs) Before we die. 350 miles and even chronicled it by taking selfies at exits to show how far and where he's walking to rape a 14-year-old girl, Dr. Bethany. When I say these pedophiles will know no bounds, they will go to any lengths to get a hold of a child. Does that not prove it? Nancy, it does prove it, how determined they are, because whatever else was going on that he claimed he wanted I don't know, 550 kids or he drove, you know, he walked hundreds of miles. This guy was determined. But I have to say, I think it's hilarious that the police let him walk hundreds of miles before they arrested him. Can I make a quick comment? You know, in the Cabby Petito case, um, the, the crime was basically solved on social media. So many people were interested in documenting where Gabby Petito was. Mm-hmm. And I think in this case, the police were putting out a similar plea. If you know of anyone who online is experiencing contact with men like this, will you contact the police station? But what's interesting in the Gabby Petito case, you had adults who were social media stars who were all sort of um, crowdsourcing information. In this case, all this information is going to have to come from 13, 14-year-old victims, you know, and they're not going to say to their parents, look, I've been talking to this guy online. So it's much trickier to try to find out 
where these perpetrators are infiltrating because it's so secret and kids are being alienated from their parents and the grooming process is so extensive. And then once the child gets hooked, they then feel guilty that they've said bad things about their parents. So they're not going to tell their parents, you know, that, that they've been talking to this person. And then the guy starts to threaten them. Like the one uh, clip that you were, uh, that you were airing that he then threatened to like kill her sister, you know, rape her sister, that these guys have enormous leverage over their victims. And so the victims never come forward. Yeah, and again, another thing, jump in. this is Wendy, another thing that makes this case very different is it's one thing to use your own images and seek to meet up with someone. If you're using fake images, especially, as you pointed out, a male model that looks very different than you do, when they meet up with victims, if somebody is doing that, what happens then? when it's obvious that this is not the person you thought you were corresponding with. That's where we begin to get frightened as to, well, then how, what do you think that meeting is going to be like if you're obviously using somebody else's photos? And again, it's not just little girls that get catfished online. Take a listen to our friend Mike Holfield, News 6 Orlando, our cut 14. Think you'll ever find him? No. I wish to God I could. Postscript. From a once wealthy widow. I went through my bank statements and it was $270,000. You love this guy? Yeah. And he told me he was in love with me. Looking for a real relationship? They met on Match.com. Check out Match right now for free. I've talked to a million people that said they met people on eHarmony, on Match, and they're happily married. And so I didn't have any reason to question it. You thought this was it? Yeah. She knew him as Jerry Michael, a.k.a. Darnell Michael. Diane says he told her he was a divorced German CEO with a California construction project. This is the only voice message she saved. Hi, Diane. How are you doing? This is Jerry. Can you please call me right back so we can talk, please? Thank you. Bye. He would call from four different numbers, always in need of money. It was mostly lawyer fees, bail money. New Six tracked those numbers to Bakersfield, California. One had a familiar voice on the recording. Hi, thank you very much. Just please leave the message and I'll get back to you. Thank you. It turns out Diane Standish had been catfished. Is that what happened to Liberty and Abby? We wait as justice unfolds. Tip line 800-799-SAFE, S-A-F-E, 800-799-7233. Goodbye, friend.